Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. Let's pray. Father, we ask for help. Would you enlighten our hearts and give us insight into this passage? Father, would you comfort those who walked through these doors today weary, heavy, who feel like there's a thousand pounds on their back, would you bring them rest and comfort them, bring them encouragement? Father, for those who have backslidden, for those who have ran from you, or those children who are living in disobedience, Would you convict them? Would your kindness lead them to repentance? And for those whose hearts are hard and whose eyes are blind, would salvation come today to them? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you remember what it was like when you first believed? When the Spirit entered into you and you were born again, do do you remember the awe 
and wonder that you had to the glorious gift of the gospel? Do you remember the dependence that you had? The the need of God? The desire and maybe even the ferociousness of wanting to pray, wanting to read scripture, wanting to attend church, wanting to be with God's people. I wonder if you're like me at all, where over time you have looked at your walk with God and you have wondered to yourself, Where has the awe and dependency gone? I feel like I'm doing the right things, and yet the awe and the dependency seems to be dried up. There seems to be a a coldness. I'm praying. I'm reading Scripture. I'm a attending church and being around God's people, and yet there is a a dullness in my heart. I wonder if you've walked that road. Maybe you are right now. If I can give some insight and to why I think we tend to be like this is because we tend to be forgetful people. We actually see this consistent theme throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament that God's people tend to forget the awe and wonder and dependency. In fact, the main reason why this is is because of the sin that was committed in the garden. The serpent went to Adam and Eve and tempted them to be self-autonomous. They were told, you don't need God. You can be God. You can be self-sufficient. You can be in control. This is why, if you look at what's happened in history, what's happening in our time is a people who desires self-autonomy outside of God, dependency on themselves. I, I just read maybe one of the most interesting books by a man named Mark Sayers. It was called A Non-Anxious Presence. One of the things that he described in our current culture and time is that why there seems to be such a pandemic of anxious people is is because we are being told that we need to be more self-autonomous. We need to be more dependent upon ourselves, which only leads to more anxiety. We were created to actually be dependent. So could it be 
that our worship of God is cold? Could, could it be that we've lost our awe and dependence because we have forgotten about the beautiful, the incredible spiritual blessings that we receive when we are united with Christ? Could it be that over time, we have wanted a slice of the pie? Could it be that over time, we've wanted to give ourselves a a pat on the back? Could it be that we want to mostly give God glory, but it would be nice if we could also be glorified in as well? We desire that God would increase But it wouldn't be such a bad thing if we increased as well. In our passage today, Paul is reminding the church of their blessings in Christ. Did you know that when you are united to Christ, when you are unified with Christ, there are spiritual blessings that come with that? And in this passage, Paul cannot contain his amazement of these spiritual blessings that we receive from God our Father. So much so that these 11 verses aren't just being penned down. These 11 verses are are more of being sung onto the paper by Paul. So, What should be clear to us this morning is that our blessings in Christ should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. Because we have been unified with Christ, we receive spiritual blessings. In our passage, Paul makes this point very clear. If if you'd like to, here's some homework for you. Go through this passage and underline all of the times that Paul here mentions or references something being done in Christ or receiving something from God. Most likely what will happen is you will probably underline everything in these 11 verses. Our blessings come from God, Paul is saying. They are in Him. Paul starts this passage by telling the church, Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul isn't blessing God in the sense that God blesses us. What sort of blessing does God need? What type of blessing can we give God? No, in, in fact, what Paul is communicating here, how, could we, how we could also read this is praise. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is worshiping God here. In the original Greek, these verses are one sentence. This is the longest sentence of praising God that we might have in Scripture. This is like a song. 
Paul cannot contain his excitement in what he is about to say. Think about it like this. A person runs up to you really fast, and you can tell that there's a sense of excitement in them. And before they tell you what they tell you, they they are so excited that they can't help but say, I have the greatest, I have the most wonderful thing to say to you. This is what's taking place in this passage. Paul is prefacing for us who he is praising. Paul is praising God, the Father. He he can't contain his excitement. Why? Because he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Because of our, our union with Christ, we have been blessed. Because we are in Christ, we have been blessed. But but let's not miss Paul's words here. It's not that we've just been blessed, but we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Uh, A joke that you may hear married couples say is, Something like this. What's mine is yours, honey. And what's yours is mine. Paul was taken up into the third heavens. He has some insight for us. Because we are in Christ... Everything that Christ has accomplished is ours. Every blessing that is Christ is ours. Or what could be said to us from Paul is what Jesus told Paul is, what's mine, Paul, and the church's, is yours. I think it's important for us to remember who this letter is being written to. To a predominantly, or not predominantly, a dominated pagan city who would have worshipped gods and goddesses who were into the dark magic, I wanted to say dark arts, which those who know Harry Potter, know what I'm talking about. Who would have been told, if you want to be blessed, you have to do this. If you'd like to be blessed some more, then you need to do this. And and then this, and and a little bit of this as well. Paul is is starting this out for us. He's starting this out for the church in Ephesus by reminding them who their blessings are in. Our blessings are a direct result of being unified to Christ. 
You did not earn these blessings. We were not seen by God's eye and said, wow, they're impressive. They were freely given to us. You don't have to work for these blessings. They are freely given to those who believe. Because we are unified to Christ, we receive every spiritual blessing in Christ. This should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. So from this point forward, what I would like to do is point out six blessings in our passage. It's these blessings in Christ that should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. Uh, Let's move on. Paul tells us, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. Now, you may call this the doctrine of election. Election is penned to the churches and it's sealed up as God's perfect word. That is, that God has chosen his bride. This might be a hard doctrine for some of us. Some of us have no problem having the choice to choose a spouse. But then there's an exception taken that Christ could choose his bride. This is our first blessing. That is, that God chose any of us. We all were born in sin, rebels, enemies of God. We all started on the same playing field, deserving the wrath of God, deserving God's justice. Not one of us was better than the next. All of us were born dead spiritually. But because he first loved us, he chose us. But we must not miss the whole blessing. It is a a blessing that God chose us, but he didn't just choose us to continue on in sinning. In fact, Paul says he chose us to be blameless and holy. God God did not see us and think to ourselves, this person has it figured out, that person doesn't have it figured out, I'd like this person on my team and that person I don't. God didn't see us, we didn't catch his attention. He, He chose us to be blameless and holy. What this, what this 
means, church, is that we, we did not do anything to impress God to choose us. And we could not have done anything to disgust God away from choosing us. He chose us because he wanted us to be blameless and holy. This is our first spiritual blessing, that he chose us to be blameless and holy. But Paul continues on to say, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. What Paul is telling the church here is that in love, God predetermined who he would adopt. And that this adoption was out of the overflowingness of God's own love. It was out of God's goodwill, His pleasure, to His glory. How I wish I knew the mind of God. It would be easier to explain some of the mysteries and greatness of who God is. There are a lot of questions that may rise to the top going through this little section of Scripture. We may even be tempted to explain away election and predestination, but let's not do that. Let's not let God off the hook. Let's sit in the mystery of God's love. Let's acknowledge God's predestination and know that it leads us to adoption. This is the next blessing, and if we explain it away, then we explain away adoption. God has predestined you for adoption. He predetermined that you would be a son or daughter. This brothers and sisters, should be deeply encouraging for us. This tells us that we did not do anything to earn this salvation of ours. This tells us that God saw us in the depths of our sin, rebelling, being active enemies against Him, and yet through His love still wanted to adopt enemies as children. This tells us that we were adopted on the basis of love. God's love. His perfect love. I tend to be one of the most performance-driven people that I know. And I have a love-hate relationship with these doctrines. 
I want to be able to tell God that I've contributed something. I want to perform for his affection and love and give a reason why he should love me. And yet this doctrine soothes my soul because he tells me, you didn't have to perform for me, Max. I love you because I love you. Brothers and sisters, do you know that God loves you because he loves you? We see two blessings here. That he chose us to be holy and that he predestined us for adoption. These are just two blessings in Christ that should set our hearts on fire to worship God. But let's look at a couple of more of these blessings that should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. As, as Paul continues his, his praise for God, he transitions to God's redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Let's say you got mixed up in the wrong crowd. And let's just say you owed this crowd a, a large sum of money. And in order to pay back this debt, you have to now do all their dirty jobs. The reality sets in and you start to realize that to pay off this debt would mean a lifetime of service to these people. There is no way out. You serve them, and only them. But along then comes somebody, and sees your debt, and sees how you are mistreated by these masters of yours, and this person says, I want to pay for this person's debt to free them. This is what redemption is. In fact, it's a little bit more serious than the illustration I gave. Redemption in the Bible indicates that you are buying back a person from slavery in order to release them from their bondage. We are blessed in Christ because we have been redeemed. We were once slaves to sin, shackled, unable to break free ourselves. We may have tried giving our masters reasons to set us free. We may have tried running away. But the cruel master of sin always catches up with their slave. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, why can I not break free? 
Why do I always go back to my sin? Trust in Christ. He will redeem you. In fact, he has redeemed those who trust in him. We have been set free from the bondage of sin. When we were adopted, we were adopted through redemption. Being purchased out of slavery that set us free. But this redemption, it was not paid in silver and gold. We were redeemed by the blood of Christ. It's by Christ's sacrifice. We are purchased. It's by Christ's death that our debt was paid. He was sacrificed on our behalf. He who was innocent was killed that we could be purchased from slavery and set free to worship God. We were redeemed from the cruel master of sin. By Christ's blood we have been set free. Here is another blessing for us. When we were redeemed... We were forgiven. When we were set free, we were forgiven from all of our sins. As far as the East is from the West, our sins that offended the very God who purchased us does not hold our sins over our head. He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. He does not hold it against his adopted children. He does not hold them to a higher standard saying, now you have to pay me back for all of the ways that you've sinned against me. No, he forgives you. He wipes the slate clean for once and for all. Are you here this morning looking for that freedom? Are you here this morning looking to be freed from your sin? Trust in Christ. Your sin will not satisfy you. As Paul continues on, he lets us into the redemption secret. That is that God makes known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, like a, like a little girl going to a friend at a party and whispering to her, I, I have a, a secret. My uncle is going to propose to his girlfriend. God has, he's whispered to us. This incredible secret. We have received the spiritual blessing of insight into the mystery of God's plan. 
the mystery of the plan of salvation. That is from the beginning of time. In fact, before time was even created, to the end of time, God had a plan of salvation. And this plan is to unite all things in heaven and on earth to praise His glorious name. This should motivate us to take the gospel to our neighbors. This should motivate us to evangelize to our friends, our family, our co-workers. We have this insight into the mystery of the plan of salvation that at one point, when the curtain closes, God will unite all things to himself. God has blessed us in Christ by redeeming us. We, we were slaves to sin, but he set us free. He has blessed us by forgiving us of our sins. And he has blessed us by giving us insight into the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption. Our blessings in Christ should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. Our blessings in Christ should set our hearts on fire to glorify God because we have been given an inheritance. Because we've been redeemed and adopted into God's family, Paul tells us, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Because we've been adopted, we have been given an inheritance. Before you and I had done anything good, before we had done anything bad, God predestined to give his children an inheritance, an eternal inheritance. How can we be sure that we will receive this inheritance, though? In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Uh, Paul is narrowing now this last part of his praise to individuals. What he is saying is that because you have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, you will certainly receive the inheritance that is waiting for you. And you will receive it, certainly, for God's own glory. 
let me try to explain it like this. When you buy a house, you put a down payment on a house. Most of the time, this down payment is a non-refundable down payment. We will receive this inheritance because God has put the down payment of the Holy Spirit on us. That is why you can be certain that if you are in Christ, you will receive this inheritance because you have received the down payment of the inheritance. This is what God is doing to those who are his adopted children. He's giving them the non-refundable down payment of the Holy Spirit. Here is yet another blessing. You have not been adopted without God sending you the Holy Spirit to help you along the way. Are you here this morning discouraged? Maybe even borderline despairing. Maybe this past week, You've sinned massively. And you've been wrecked with guilt and condemnation. And you think to yourself, maybe, maybe God made a mistake with me. Why would he love a sinner like me. You know, God is probably just going to give up on me like everyone else has given up on me. Take heart, child of God. God has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. He has given you the non-refundable down payment. Repent of your sin and trust that he loves you. Trust that he will carry you. We have been given the spiritual blessing of the Holy Spirit. Our blessings in Christ should set our hearts on fire to glorify God. Because to God belongs salvation. God saw us in our desperate state. And moved by love does the work to save us. He does this by blessing people in Christ. And so this should lead us to glorify God in I think three different ways. We should glorify God by recognizing what God has done. We should glorify God by offering Him our worship. We should glorify God because He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. 
Guys, we should be amazed at how richly blessed we really are. Do you glorify God because he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Have you taken the time to worship God for the amazing reality that you have been chosen? You have been adopted. You have been redeemed, forgiven, given insight into the mystery of salvation and sealed. Let's not wait until heaven to start glorifying God for these blessings. Let's glorify him now. Let's start practicing today. Let's pray. Father, would you help us understand the magnitude of these spiritual blessings. Would you help us to glorify you, set our hearts on fire, cause us to worship you in spirit and truth. We thank you, God. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Amen.